Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. If you know us, you know we love a good newsletter. With that, we have to tell you about one of our favorites for staying in the know on world events and news. It's called The Cram, and it offers a fresh perspective on the latest happenings. It's short and straight to the point while still not lacking in humor, delivering everything you need to know each day in one text or email. It's a fun way for can't-yet and first-time voters, and everyone else too, to get in the know fast. A tongue-in-cheek way to start off the AM with laughter, knowledge, and a cup of cram. You can subscribe at the link in our episode description and get the cram today. Welcome to Top Stories of the Week, presented by Girl on the Gov, the podcast. This exclusive bonus episode drops on Tuesdays and gives you the 411 on the need to know political news and tea. So as always, we'll keep you updated. Welcome back to Top Stories of the Week. And I don't have much to report besides the fact that both Nancy Pelosi and Gavin Newsom were at Balboa Cafe this weekend, aka like this restaurant and bar that we go to every single weekend. And I saw like this guy follow posted a picture of him at Balboa Cafe, like with Nancy Pelosi, like through the window in the ba- behind him. And I was there literally like the night after. I'm like, Ugh. imagine. But it's just so funny how like some people are so good at running into, not even so good, like I don't think it's like a skill, but some people run into famous people of any sort, political, music, whatever it is, I feel like all the time. And I could not, like do it if i tried like literally does not matter how or what like i just do not see i feel like but apparently gavin newsom like used to i don't think he's allowed to anymore own that restaurant which is crazy because it's like a very famous restaurant in the city and but i think it got like acquired by this company which i think is his company called like plump jack and they have like wineries and restaurants Hmm. and i think that I like did some research and I think before he took office owned it. But yeah, someone was like, oh yeah, Gavin owns Balboa Cafe. I'm like, what? So it was just very interesting (laughs) to see, you know, these folks out in the wild before the big election day, even though they're both a shoe in. True. But I wonder what their dynamic is, like what Pelosi and, and I don't think they, I don't know if like. they were together or if they just happened to go at the same time. That oh, is, that's I'm not sure. That's a good question. The picture I saw was I could just see Nance, and then somebody later was like, "Oh, Gavin was there too." And I don't know if it was like they were there together mm-hmm. or if they just are back home in SF and are going to their fave Balboa Cafe. So shout out to all the Marina girls out there. What um, are you drinking? chlorophyll water it's i just put little drops of chlorophyll in it and this is stronger chlorophyll than i've ever had it's a little bit nasty have to water it down is normal chlorophyll good tasting no but i've just had it before where like i couldn't taste it at all it just Mm, tastes like water straight up like it's it's a vibe it's a thing it's a taste it's yeah i do have a psi it's really like kind of like a missing persons action item Okay, so Maddie already knows this story, but I'm going to use our, our little platform as this like PSA dating app, girl only of the podcast dating app, even though 97% of her listenership is women, but that's fine. Maybe one of you guys knows this person. Yours truly was walking in Southern Vermont with a 
pro-choice sign. It's like for the reproductive rights amendment. And this very, very hot man, like 10 out of 10, so my type, drove by and honked at me and gave me a thumbs up. Here are the details. I do think he's young, just from the vibe. White Range Rover, Massachusetts plates. And this is where I got lost. So we had, there was like a bunch of bumper stickers. I'm such a stalker. I was like walking back and I was like in a pretty liberal area, but it's, I don't know, it's mixed, whatever. I did have to walk by a house that has a Confederate flag on their door, which just like, guys, it's Vermont. Like you were never a part of the Confederacy. So I really, you're just saying you're racist, which is just a fact of what that flag is. But like, (laughs) regardless of that, I was like, are you kidding me? Hello, hot pro-choice man. So moral of this story is if anyone knows who this hot man's is, let a girl know. Let a girl know. Slide be in. Um, sure to put a um, umbrella out there for everybody to be on, exactly. the, on the lookout for this specific car. Hot guy alert. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, well. yeah. Clearly, I'm very single. So that's where we're at because we're now selecting the dating pool from people that honk at us while holding pro-choice signs. So that's where we're at. Anyways, let's get into these stories. First one yes, is it. that Trump got subpoenaed last week. So the House January 6th committee took the extraordinary and theatrical step of voting to subpoena former President Donald Trump last Thursday. The subpoena might not lead to Trump's testimony and handing over of documents, but it will act as a teaser for what's to come. So the committee still has has a report to publish and could also request that the Justice Department pursue charges against Trump or his former aides for their roles in helping to incite the attack on the Capitol and their efforts to overturn the 2020 election. So CNN's John King, oh, John, said they are trying to make a case that Trump is Oz. He presents himself as all powerful. But when you look, it's actually a little guy behind a curtain trying to pull a machine. I literally thought you meant Dr. Oz. I know. I was like, we're we're, there's too much Dr. Oz out there for us to equate Ugh. Oz to Wizard of Oz instead of Dr. Oz. But nonetheless. Truly. So here are also some what's next moments. So Trump could decide to comply. Knowing that man, <laughs> I don't know. But the committee would then negotiate a time and place and method and that that would take time. But if he refuses to comply with the subpoena, here's what could happen. Contempt. The full House, which is controlled by Democrats until at least January, could vote to uphold to hold him in contempt of Congress, something it's done with several other uncooperative witnesses. The second is referral. So after a contempt of Congress referral, the Justice Department could then prosecute, as it did with Trump's former aide. And they also plan to do that with his once economic advisor, Peter Navarro. Third is prosecution. If he's found guilty, as Bannon was, Trump could theoretically face a minimum of 30 days in jail. (laughs) Bannon will be sentenced for failing to comply with the House subpoena later this month. Trump responded on social media, calling the committee a, quote, bust and a, quote, laughing stock and accusing members of dividing the country. George Conway, who is a Trump critic and conservative lawyer, did point out that the Supreme Court has already made clear where it stands on Trump's status as a former president when it ignored his attempt to block the National Archives from sharing information with the committee. The court notably also declined on Thursday to intervene on Trump's behalf in the Mar-a-Lago classified documents inquiry. So that's the other tea that came out last week. So there was this Trump getting subpoenaed. The Supreme Court, like Donald Trump's just near and dear Supreme Court, rejected his ask of them to intervene on the whole classified documents, Trump ex-FBI collab situation. So that was a real dagger to the heart of Trump. And 
Speaking of the January 6th investigation and just January 6th in general, there was also obviously footage, you probably have seen it, of Nancy Pelosi saying she wanted to punch Trump in the face so on, that, on that day it's and so said good. she would go to jail and be happy. So there is interesting footage that came out last week. The other thing was that like Trump said that Nancy Pelosi like didn't call the authorities on January 6th. And then that footage literally shows her calling authorities on January 6th. So it's just a few L's for Trump last week, which we just a lot of always a lot of see. W's for Pelosi, I got to say. Mm. Like she really like and she, she hit Baboa like for her espresso martini at the end of it all <laughs> see that's how you finish a hard week or a great week <laughs> or whatever week because there's just never a bad time for one of those puppies but I gotta say like she really I f- feel like the footage showed her it's not even stepping up but just being like an effective quick thinking leader you know mm-hmm. like there was I saw a bunch of commentary being like, oh, so we know who was really president on like January 6th and it being like, oh, Nancy Pelosi. And I can't disagree. I mean. She did her job and beyond. So good for yeah. her. Good 100%. for her. Now, speaking of Trump, it continues. It does. It does. Because unfortunately, we have to get into this next story about anti-Semitism. Donald Trump's recent comments that American Jews have offered insufficient praise of his policies towards Israel were insulting and anti-Semitic, White House spokesperson said on Monday. Donald Trump's comments were anti-Semitic, as you all know, and insulting both to Jews and our Israel allies. Trump on Sunday warned that American Jews need to, quote, get their act together before it's too late. He touted his support of Israel in a post on Truth Social. No president has ever done more for Israel than I have. Somewhat surprisingly, however, our wonderful evangelicals are far more appreciative of this than the people of the Jewish faith, especially those living in the U.S. Trump made support for Israel a cornerstone of his foreign policy, but he has repeatedly drawn criticism for dabbling, dabbling, (laughs) going full dive in to anti-Semitic tropes or failing to condemn extremism. Uh, Yeah, no shit. In 2019, Trump suggested that Jewish people who vote for Democrats are either ignorant or disloyal. President angered Jewish groups and others in 2017 when he said there are very fine people on both sides of a deadly white supremacist rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, where markers carried Nazi banners and chanted anti-Semitic slogans. Jewish groups also called on Trump to more forcefully condemn white nationalism in 2018 after a gunman killed 11 people at a Pittsburgh synagogue. And this is like just a piece of this week's anti-Semitic puzzle because we also had Kanye West doubling down on anti-Semitic comments, Mm -hmm. which some people are being like, oh, he's just a crazy musician. No, he's anti-Semitic and he is literally sharing that sentiment with a huge platform, 30 million people. Donald Trump has a huge platform as well. And to add to this, should we comment also on the fact that Kanye West is now buying conservative at Parler? Because as if, yeah, super dangerous as well. So it's like you have this anti-Semitic sentiment, which, by the way, not the same thing as Zionism. Judaism and Zionism, not the same thing. So seeing these people use their words filled with hate against a particular group of people is super, super dangerous, especially given the history here. And people really need to be speaking out on this and like rallying against this. It's Beyond time, there's so much anti-Semitism that happens on a daily basis on both sides of the aisle. A lot of things on the progressive side that no one likes to talk about. And it's really like quite vile. But again, it happens on both sides of the aisle, but it's less talked about on the progressive side, despite it being very, very real. And hate is not okay in any capacity. 
and anti-Semitism, not okay in any capacity. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it comes from. It does not matter how many followers they have. It's not a good look. It's not a good thing. It's something that if you need to figure out ways to remove that bias, I highly recommend our episode with the ADL, Anti-Defamation League, which works against anti-Semitism and fighting it, combating it, et cetera. And they have a lot of programming that helps with bias training. does not matter when you do this in life. Bias training is always a good good thing, good process to go through. Our episode as well just talks about some of the history of anti-Semitism, also talks about the rise in extremist groups in the U.S. across the last few years and beyond, and the extreme rise in hate crimes, especially against Jews in the United States. It's something we need to talk about. It's something we need a platform. It's something that we cannot ignore. It's so incredibly dangerous. It it can't even begin. So yeah, let's let's keep this conversation going. Yeah. And that episode will be linked in this episode description. So definitely go listen if you haven't yet, because it's just a re- also a really good explainer on really what anti-Semitism is. I think it's another thing we hear so much. But, you know, aside from just hearing people's really awful comments that are anti-Semitic, it's important for people to then learn what that what anti-Semitic even means and like what those tropes are and like understand the history so that we can all like move forward with the knowledge to like help combat this and not feed into it and address it. So definitely go listen if you have not yet. Also, one other thing that I want to link is Talia, who is like a comedy, like commentator, influencer of sorts. I don't even know what, yeah, creator. I was like, why can't I think of the word for this? Anyways, she has a really good take on this and it's just so well said so we're gonna link that as well she put it on tiktok and i believe it's on her ig as well but either way we'll link it so definitely give it a watch i think it consolidates everything really nicely and just such a just it's well said so that's that's that love love it it's linked all right next story is about student loan relief so President Joe Biden on Monday officially kicked off the application process for a student debt cancellation program and announced that 8 million borrowers had already applied for loan relief during the federal government's soft launch period over the weekend. He encouraged the tens of millions eligible for potential relief to visit studentaid.gov and touted the application form that the president said would take less than five minutes to complete. An early beta launch version of the online form released late Friday handled the early stream of applications without a glitch or any difficulty, Biden said. It means more than 8 million Americans are starting this week on their way to receiving life-changing relief. The president called this program a game changer for millions of Americans saddled with student loan debt. The Biden administration is pushing ahead with the debt cancellation even as... It fights a number of legal challenges. So six Republican-led states are suing to block the plan, saying it oversteps Biden's authority and will lead to financial losses for student loan servicers, which are hired to manage federal student loans and earn a revenue on the interest. A federal judge in St. Louis is now weighing the state's request for an injunction to halt the plan. In court documents, the Education Department has vowed not to finalize any of the debt cancellation before October 23rd. Biden acknowledged Monday that the litigation is ongoing, but said his administration believes lawsuits won't ultimately affect the program. So that's an update there. I think also very important if this does apply to you and you can receive this relief to know kind of the status of what's going on, because there are tons of lawsuits happening. It's good they got this website up and running and 
seems to be working pretty good. It also made me think too, like remember the whole Obamacare situation when like the website crashed and all the Republicans were like, look, Obama didn't doesn't know how to do anything. And it's like, that was back how many years ago? I'm like, the tech's just gotten better probably. Like we didn't have all the best techies out there building these websites and making sure 8 million people could apply for this, you know, just different times. But nonetheless, true. websites up. True. If you can apply, do it, but also just we'll link be aware we'll of the lawsuits and how that could actually, it could definitely halt the plan, depending on how that goes. So updates there. Updates but that is, that is it. Well, we do have one little announcement. Yes. So for next week, we are doing a little bit of a different format. Just as you guys get used to our top stories format, we love to just flip it on you. It's, you know, it's probably a little psycho, but sorry. So next week, we're just going to be focusing on one news story, and that is everything that's happening in Iran. We have a guest that will be coming on answering tons and tons of questions from the backstory, political backstory of Iran, how we got to this place, what's going on now, what we can expect to see, how to support our friends in Iran, all of those things. So why it's getting top stories section, because it's a top story. It's a freaking top story. We want to give a proper amount of space to this particular issue, this particular news story, this particular top news story, and make sure that we really hit a lot of key questions and that we therefore are all equipped with more tools and spaces to lend a hand to know where, you know, where to look to get more information and to jump in. So that's the plan. Next week's top stories episode is going to be a little bit more of an interview episode, but surrounding a top story. We will have our usual business as usual. Wow. That phrase really did not come to me. Business as usual episode, interview episode for this week. That'll be coming out. And then the same for next week. But again, see, next week, you guys just get two interviews, which is so fun. Yeah, that's the long story short on on yeah. that. But we definitely wanted to make sure we, yeah, give space for the story and also, you know, give someone who knows this issue very well and can, you know, provide that expert background on it because we can read all the news stories in the world, but we want to make sure we do it justice. So we will be handing the mic over for that. So also DM us or submit any questions you have around this whole story and we'll do our best to ask those through the episode as well. So that's that on that. Those are your top stories for the week. And we can maybe tell y'all who is coming on the show tomorrow. Rep Joanna McClinton. She is a freaking powerhouse. Such a fun conversation. Such an interesting conversation. We just get so many deets. So you'll have to tune in to get them all. And while we're on the topic of tuning in, do not forget to rate and review on Apple Pods. Also give us a follow and a rate and review on Spotify as well. It really helps us grow. We really appreciate it. So if you're a fan of the show, I mean, we hope you are if you got this far into this episode. That's a good sign for mm-hmm. here together. Fantastic. You know? Right. But anyways, rate anyways. review. And one more thing. Do not let your friends miss elections. (laughs) And we'll be talking to you guys tomorrow. Toodaloo.
Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description.